Welcome to the Cash Confident Podcast. I'm Bray Sedano, your fearless host, personal finance expert, and the visionary behind the revolutionary Cash Confident community. Get ready to embark on an electrifying journey where we redefine the rules of money and empower women to harness the immense power to craft the life they truly, truly desire. This podcast is the ultimate resource meticulously crafted for women who are ready to unleash their financial prowess and embrace a life of abundant success. We leave no stone unturned as we delve into the depths of money management, mindset mastery, and the undeniable influence of emotions on your financial decisions. Prepare to rise above the societal limitations and break free from the chains that have held you back as we equip you with the tools and knowledge to make bold, confident choices with your cash. We believe that true financial power begins with knowledge, and that is exactly what we deliver. So buckle up, my fierce and ambitious friends, as we embark on this transformative journey to becoming cash confident together. Hello, hello, everyone. Bree Sedano here, coming to you for the first, the brand newest episode of the Cash Confident Podcast. And I am thrilled. So excited to, to get to do this. So excited to get to teach you. So excited that you're here with me. And um, we'll just go ahead and get right into it. So today, I'm going to just introduce myself because I'm assuming some of you will be new. And then we are going to talk about mapping the financial journey. So for those of you who are new, my name is Brie Sedano, and I am the owner and founder of Cash Confident. I started my work in money uh, in 2013, and I started uh, as, a, as a stockbroker, selling stocks and bonds and mutual funds and insurance. And what I found through my work there was that most of my clients were coming to see me, and they were not having problems that could be solved with better investments. They were not having problems with things like having so much extra money that they needed help choosing the best investments. People were coming to see me with credit card debt from their first marriages and student loans that were 20 years old and their kids are going to college. Um, Or people making multiple six figures and having hundreds of dollars in their, their bank accounts. You know, no savings, credit card debt, things like that. And so... Uh, what I did was I started with giving my clients budgets. I mean, and I'm telling you, I would make the sexiest budgets. I know you probably have never thought of a budget being sexy, but I mean, we're really talking real good spreadsheets, like just real top notch, real hot, right? And I would check back in with my clients and I'd be like, how are you doing with that very sexy budget? And they'd be like, I didn't do it. (laughs) Nothing happened. And I was like, oh boy. All right. And so I found that that planning and then knowing what to do was highly, highly ineffective for actually getting anything done. So I started to work with my clients on habits and their plans, right? So we would have to look at like, well, what habits need to change for this plan to work? And that worked, that worked a bit better. That worked quite a bit better. And then I realized that sometimes people's thoughts were actually what was in the way. And so we started doing mindset along with habit work, along with a financial plan, and found that that worked much better. And for a long time, that was the, those were the layers that I would work in. 
And then uh, in 2017, I opened my own, I, I left my book of business and I started my own business to just do financial coaching because this like makes my nerdy little heart beat faster. It's like makes me feel useful and, you know, I just love it. So a couple of years later, that's that's what I did. I started doing that. And once I started getting into there, I started to realize how much feelings, how much emotions play into financial decisions, um, so much more than knowing what to do or having the best plan, right? Like your emotional state matters more to your money than your budget ever, ever could. And so then we started to incorporate emotional intelligence and more of just like what goes on inside of your body. And so over the course of the last few years, I've worked with thousands of clients. I have online courses that have sold, you know, tens of thousands of copies of online courses. Uh, We have a book coming out uh, early 2024. And yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about me. I live in Connecticut. I'm married. I have a couple kids. Um, I have two cats and I have a neighbor's cat who sneaks into my house and meows loudly. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast all the way through, I'm sure it will happen where Josh, my neighbor's cat, will just be meowing in my office because it happens. All right. So that's a little bit about me and that's a little bit about my work. And so over the course of of these years, what I've really gotten good at, the thing that I, like my magic thing that I actually bring to the table in this is that I look a few layers into what's going on in, in somebody's financial life. So we look at, at, you know, the practical stuff, like what money needs to go where and why, what are the goals? What are the objectives? Like, what are the obstacles? What are the mindsets? What are the feelings around this? What's in the way? And, um, actually to lob myself a softball for our topic today, that is, Finding out where the root of any kind of obstacle or problem is where that's where the fast solutions come. And so that is what we will be talking about today for mapping your financial journey. All right. So when it comes to getting your money stuff together, it's not the sort of thing that's just like a checklist. You know, your relationship with money is an ongoing relationship that as long as you are alive, you will be in relationship with money. And so people who talk about like really getting their financial lives changed often do call it a journey. They call it like a financial journey. And so today what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of map what that looks like uh, in terms of, of steps. Now, I will say the steps to this are not perfectly linear. It's not like check off step one, move on to step two. I'm going to talk about it in the general order that that I see clients go, but I just want you to, to know, and you may be like on step one and also a little bit in step three, or you might be on step two and skipped over step one. And that's that's okay. That's part of the that's part of the journey. It's part of the process. So the first thing. And I think this is really one of the most important things to a financial journey is actually having a, a desire. It's actually having like 
some desires that are not just like deep inside their desires that are kind of at the surface of your mind, desires that you can clearly articulate, desires that you know what you want and maybe have a time frame of when you want it. And the most important thing about desires is that they are full of life juice. Like you really want them. You know, it's not, it doesn't feel like a should do, must do, would be most responsible, would be most prudent if kind of goals. I mean, like, this is what I want to create with my life. This is what I want my life to look like. These are the places that I want to go. These are the delicious snacks that I want to eat. These are the thing, you know, these are the people I want to know. This is what I want my business or my work to look like. This is what I don't want it to look like and really getting kind of settled into that. And there are challenges with that. For most of us, we have a lot of you know, a lot of us don't really own our desires. We're kind of culturally conditioned to to tamp them down, right? A lot of people, I say, well, well what do you want? And they're like, I don't know. All right. And that really makes a big difference because if if you don't have clear desires about the truth of what you want, then everything is going to be tempting when it's time, you know, when you go to the store, when, it, when there's an opportunity to buy something, everything will be tempting, So, but when you know what you want, that makes it very clear as to what you don't want. And it frees up so much decision-making power. So that's really the first step of a financial journey is just wanting a financial journey. It's wanting whatever's on the other side, the freedom, the security, the travel, you know, the home upgrades, the education for your kids. It's just really wanting it. And that's that's also a place where we have to start looking at our money mindset because a lot of times, like if you want something but couldn't even imagine having it, that's a that's a pretty good indication that your your mind isn't trained to go there. You have to work on breaking down some barriers in your money mindset. You know, if you want things that feel impossible to you, you're like, I, I don't even think that's possible or it's not possible for people like me. So that that could be a good indication of, you know, needing to do some work on your money mindset. And so you'll find as we talk, we'll talk about like practical things and money mindset things and feelings as as kind of weave that into the discussion. All right. So then the second step, the next step is around financial intimacy. And that's just what, what, that's like a fancy, fancy way of saying you want to get clear on what your money is already doing. You want to have some intimacy with your money. You know, sometimes I talk to people and they're very avoidant with their money. They're not even looking at it. They don't check their bank accounts. They set everything up on auto pay and they try to build a relationship with their money that's mostly them ignoring their money, which is interesting. Sometimes people even say that they have a financial goal to not think about their money. And it's just an it's just an interesting idea, right? Like, can you imagine if you were like, I want to buy a house and never think about it. I want to have a lover I never even consider. I want to, yeah, you know, like it's just interesting. So the financial intimacy step of a financial journey is that's really an introspective look on like, what is the life that I'm currently creating? And what's the difference between this life that I have that's current and the life that I want? And as we start to get clear about that, then that gives us some indications of like what needs to change. You know, do we need to stop spending money here? Do we need to to change our friends? Do we need to, you know, put money aside for the things that we really want? But until you actually have the time and space to really look at what's going on within your money, where it's going, how you're spending it, what habits are driving this, you know, are you spending your money on high joy or low joy purchases? you know, then until you know this, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. 
right? So it's that intimacy piece. And I will tell you a lot of times when people have budgets that fail or they try going on a, you know, they try getting their money stuff together and it doesn't work. It's because um, either they don't have a desire that is worth trading in anything for, right? So if it was like, hey, is it, if the choice was margaritas or no margaritas, of course we're going to pick margaritas. But if the choice is margaritas now or margaritas on the beach on your next vacation, you might be like, ooh, margaritas on the beach on my next vacation. You know, that's where that desire comes in to help you kind of stay on your journey. And when it comes to financial intimacy, a lot of times people just write what they want their money to do. They'll just start with a blank sheet of paper and they're like, this is how much money I make and these are my bills and this is, you know, this lifestyle that I want to create, this is what it would cost, this is where my money would have to go. But they never have that intimacy with their money. And so they don't know what they would have to stop doing. They don't know what habits would have to change. They don't know what mindsets would have to change. They don't understand the gap. And without that financial intimacy, you'll do your plan for a couple of weeks and then you'll fall off because you, you know, you tried to change too many habits at once and it just isn't, it's not just not super effective without that, um, that good understanding of, your current relationship with money, and then the gap between here and where it is you want it to be. All right. So then the third part of a financial journey is learning to spend your money intentionally, learning to really use your money on purpose um, and to create, to craft the life that you want with it. And that may be things like buying investments. So that way down the road, you know, you have your money working for you. You have your money working as an employee and you're not doing that anymore. But sometimes it's just being able to buy, you know, a nice dinner out or a little upgrade for our homes. <clears throat> so spending money intentionally, um, what that really requires is for us to look at our own selves and to see, all right, well, where are the places that I'm using money to plug a time link? Or am I using money to buy or avoid an emotion? Or am I using money because I'm exhausted in some way? Um, you know, and these are a lot of the places that I see people unintentionally uh, using their money in ways that is just not beneficial to them, right? Like it's a lot of low joy purchases. It's like, oh, I get stressed out at work or, and then I buy something on Amazon and I feel better for 24 seconds. And then I get home and there's stuff on the porch and I'm not exactly sure why it's there. Weird. Right? So spending intentionally is the place where we learn to use our money to create. And for a lot of times, this this has a mindset component too, because a lot of us will feel guilt or like we need to justify spending money on upgrades or spending money on ourselves or spending money on things that are not nece necessary, like a necessity, like a needed thing, or spending money on things that we could do ourselves, right? So Spending your money intentionally is an internal thing as well as like a practical thing. We have to look at our mindsets. And sometimes we have to look at like, how does it feel to spend money to do this, right? Like I remember like the first time I bought first class plane tickets, there was a lot of sensation there for me. And so not all of it was fantastic, to be honest. Like I had to, I had to learn to like get okay with spending money on luxury and on buying myself luxury things. Like a, that was a thing I had to stretch into, right? Um, and so anyways, that that's just an aspect of spending money intentionally. And you'll find that spending money intentionally will change as your journey changes. So at the beginning, spending money intentionally may be reining in your spending, reining in low joy purchases, reining in, um, you know, places that your money's going that doesn't feed your life. That doesn't make you happy. And then as you go, it may be things like 
saving money for a little while, you know, to be able to buy the things that you need. And then it may may become things like buying luxury items, buying luxury clothing or luxury travel or, you know, things that are higher end or giving bigger gifts. You know, those are all part of what goes into spending intentionally. So then the fourth thing is around systems for success. Now, in my work, I call it the invisible system to stop bleeding money and start stacking cash. But I think that's another aspect where the difference between like a plan and a system is that the plan is like what's going to get done and the system is really how it's going to get done. And when it comes to our money, there are some challenges for financial habits, mostly just because most of us get paid twice a month. And so you know, if I take an action today and then I take an action two weeks later and then two weeks later, that may not be enough action in a certain time frame for my brain to like build out habit loops, you know? So savings can, you know, building a savings habit can be a challenge. Um, and it's not because anything's wrong with you. It's just because the way that our relationship with money goes is a lot of times those good habits that we want to have and we want to build are not actually done enough where they ever get to the place where they don't require a lot of conscious energy. They never really get to the place of of just habits. So systemizing your money, I think, is one of the greatest things that you can do for financial success. Um, all right. And so the next, the next step, uh, step five, is around maximizing earnings. Um, you know, I work with a lot of women who've not negotiated for themselves, not asked for raises, not asked for you know, flexibility or working conditions that would help make them more productive. Um, You know, I would work with a lot of business owners who are undercharging, allowing scope creep, um, and just not really seeing the fullness of the value that they work on. And so maximizing earning is an interesting thing because it is mostly emotional and it's mostly like a mental, mental and emotional game that has external results. And so the magic sauce, the trick is really learning to see all of the value that you bring to the table and whatever the exchange is, right? So if you're working, you know, in in a job, it's looking to see what are all the ways that this company benefits from my time, you know, expertise, effort, you know, all of the things. And if you're in your, if you're in your own business, it's really the same question. How do my clients or how do my customers benefit from this work? that I'm doing and really seeing all of that. So that way you can own it. And then that way you can feel good asking to be paid top dollar. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. And it does take practice. And this is the place where you'll find a lot of social conditioning, like a lot of uncomfortable feelings and bragging about yourself and owning your, your gifts and your talents and your goodness. And this is a place where the inability to brag, the inability to own your gifts, the inability to do these these things and like really shine a light on your own brilliance. Um, these are very, very expensive condition, you know, like ideas, feelings, social conditionings. And so that's a really big piece of a financial journey is just owning it and just charging full price. All right. So the next one is around stacking cash and really starting to save money for the purpose of being able to buy investments, right? And so it's a little bit different. And so so what you'll find is like when you systemize your money, we were talking like back a couple steps, is that you'd set up, you know, your retirement accounts and your different kinds of savings. But some something happens when people are on a journey where they're able to start accumulating 
money at kind of faster rates. Most of the time at this point, usually people have paid down some debt and they're, you know, they're coming to see me and they're starting to be able to like stockpile cash at a faster pace. It's not, you know, at the beginning of a journey, it's kind of slow, but at some point it becomes much faster. And that's the place where we start to, and as that happens, where I'm going to go with this is as that happens, as we start stacking up cash for the purpose of maybe buying investments or buying, you know, for some people that investment may be things like another house or, um, you know, a business or upgrades in the, their current business, things like that. That stacking cash, that's the place too where we, where mentally we move back to the practical and we start looking for like, how am I going to be, how, what kind of investor am I going to be? Am I going to buy real estate? Am I going to get good at the stock market? Um, you know, am I going to start my own business? What does this look like? And we have to figure out the ways that we're going to like have our money work for us, but also that's got to fit into the life that we want. So for example, I love the idea of real estate. I have a lot of clients who do real estate. I recommend real estate doing it. Recommend the clients use real estate as a way to produce cash flow all of the time. But honestly, for me, I don't love it. I I like the stock market, right? And it's because I don't I work and I don't have a ton of time and I don't actually really love uh, you know the contractor side of the business and I don't really love going to see houses and I none of that is appealing to me although it is appealing right it is it's just not to me and so I make a lot of my money in the stock market and it's just a way of recognizing like what works best for me right and I have some clients who as they're stacking cash, they're investing in their own businesses, they're building out systems, they're they're hiring more people, and they're making more money that way. And so all of it's fine. It's just getting to that place where you're looking at like, mm, how do I take myself out of this equation? How do I how do I set myself or like my time free from this? You know, what can I what can I do differently here to make this like be the life that I want it to be? Um, so that's kind of the place where we start stacking cash. And then from there, it's really the joy of multiplying your money. It's having your money work for you in whatever way. It's finding that place of, uh, more, more passive style income places where your time gets freed up and that you can, you know, work from multiple locations if that's what you choose to do. But anyways, it's the place where your money starts working for you and you start managing those assets. Um, and so, for most people, a financial journey may take, you know, f- the first year is always the hardest because that's the place where you have to really do some introspection and look at your mindset and look at your money and clear stuff up. And also that's the place where you're making steps that feel small and it feels a little frustrating um, yeah, as you're going. But you'd be amazed at how much progress somebody could make, you know, in like a half a year and how, how much even faster they'll go their second six months in the first year. Right. So, but I think having a map for the financial journey and like some context around, you know, what do you do first, second, and third um, is really, really wonderful because a lot of times too, when people come see me, they want things like, like trust and estate plans. And I'm like, you friend do not have two nickels to rub together. We don't need an estate plan just yet. Are people talking about seven streams of income when they, when they don't even have one stream of income? Um, are talking about, you know, stacking cash when they're not even earning to their fullest capacity. So I do think order, while I said before, this isn't like a perfectly linear process and sometimes you'll jump from time to time. I do find that the order that I suggested is uh, 
the most likely to succeed. We've tried, we have, like I said, I've talked with thousands of people and I've tried lots of different ways, but I find that when we go in in an order of like figuring out what we want, knowing where we, where we are, using our money to start creating that life that we want, building up our systems for success. So that way we don't always have to be depending on our mental faculties, you know, that way we have systems in place for when our feelings aren't, you know, cooperative or whatever. And then we start maximizing our earnings, stacking cash and multiplying money. I think that's the fastest uh, way to do a financial journey. And so I'm happy to share it with you all today. All right. So this will conclude my first episode. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please, this is brand new. Leave a review. Share my podcast with your friends. Um, The reviews and the shares and sending these episodes to your friends means the world to me. All right. I appreciate you. Bye. It was my pleasure and joy to talk with you today. Thank you for listening. If you found value in our conversation, I kindly ask you to share the show with a friend who deserves to unleash her financial power. Your feedback is so, so valuable to me. So please take a moment to leave a review. Together, we can amplify the message and bring more money into the hands of good women. For ongoing guidance and unwavering support on your financial journey, I invite you to join the Cash Confident community. Visit www.cashconfident.com slash join to become part of our powerful community of women where we uplift and inspire one another to reach new heights of financial success. Remember, you possess the power to shape your financial destiny. And with the Cash Confident Podcast and the support of our remarkable community, you are unstoppable. Embrace your financial power, create the life you desire, and let's ignite a movement of cash confident women who are transforming the world. One dollar, one decision at a time.